Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. I would like to begin by paying my respects to the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation, who are the traditional custodians of the land on which I am coming to you from today. Land where at brainwaves we tell our stories, and land where the traditional custodians have told their stories for many, many years before us, and continue to tell their stories. I would like to pay my respects to Elders past and present, and acknowledge all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander listeners who are listening today. Hello everybody and welcome to Brainwaves on 3CR. My name is Flick Manning, I am your host and I just wanted to start today's show by saying hi. How's it going? Have you checked in with your mental well-being today? Have you spoken to yourself as kindly as you would to someone you care about? Brainwaves is a show that's all about mental health through a lived experience lens and I'm thrilled and grateful to have you tuning in today on 3CR and to be joined by my fabulous guests Justin and Sazi who, like myself, live with an inflammatory bowel disease. Today on the show, we're going to be talking about the realities of mental health when coinciding with a gut-based disease like Crohn's or colitis, which are the inflammatory bowel diseases we're talking about today. And we really wanted to do this show because Australia actually has one of the highest rates of inflammatory bowel diseases in the world, with one in 250 people experiencing these invisible and deeply stigmatised conditions. And since all three of us live with these realities, we are going to do a deep dive into it as a group today. So without further ado, let me introduce my guests to you today, Justin Singh and Sazi Starkey. Welcome to the show. Thanks for having us. Thank you so much. Now, Justin is a disease mindset expert who has been living with Crohn's disease since he was just two years old. After a long and trying medical treatment history, which has included a chemotherapy drug being used for the severity of Justin's symptoms, a permanent hole was made in his stomach and doctors attached an ileostomy bag. He's even learned to walk and to eat again. Now Justin wants to use his journey to help inspire others to take control of their health, to learn to harness their minds and change their perceptions of what it means to be healthy, and to change the stigma for young Aussies living with colostomy bags. And my other fabulous guest is Sazi Starkey. She was diagnosed with ulcerative colitis in 1998 at 13 years of age. Sazi is now 37 years old and is a palliative care nurse consultant working in the largest palliative care service in South Australia. Sazi is a huge advocate for body positivity, empowering and inspiring others in their own journeys, whether that be IBD, IVF or miscarriage awareness. She's very much an open book about her health journey and inspires others to do the same in the support group she runs on Facebook and via social media. And as you know from listening to me probably talk about chronic illness many times here on Brainwaves already, I also live with Crohn's disease and have been living with it since I was 13 years old and fundamentally believe that we need to continue to talk about and bring awareness to these kinds of invisible conditions so that we get the quality of life we so rightly deserve alongside everybody else. So first question, cab off the rank, of course, what does the term mental health mean to you? Mental health, I mean, it encompasses so many different things. And I suppose I have a a take being a nurse myself. Mental health affects every part of your body. It's not just your mental well-being, but your physical and uh, emotional well-being. Yeah, I'm along the same lines. 
mental health is one of the things that is crucial for our health. And so we never really uh, discern the difference and the importance of mental health. And we're never actually really taught in school the importance of mental health. We've taught, we've been taught coherence and remembering stuff, but we haven't really been taught how to look after ourselves mentally. It's something that I think is really hard to, you know, look after in this day and age because we're really putting other people in front of our own health. Uh, we're really like concerned about what people think about us and whether that be on social media or work. And especially with the chronic illness, it, it has a big impact because it just means that we prioritize what other people feel and think over looking after our own selves, you know? That's so, so spot on. I think you've hit the nail on the head when you've got a chronic illness that becomes of extreme importance to be able to actually prioritize your own well-being. And it's easier said than done, especially when the entire world is is frankly geared the other way around. So what's the kind of journey that your mental health often takes in a time of a symptom flare? For me, it's it's very easy to get caught up in thinking about like all the things that we're missing out on, all the things that I could have done. And it, it really doesn't help. It never really helped me concentrating on what I couldn't do, you know. So I realized all my flare-ups were like a roller coaster. So it would it would like it would get worse and worse and worse and it always gets to a certain peak and then it would go it would start getting better and better and better. And it got to the point where I was able to time my illness. So if I came down with a flare up, I knew sometimes it took me a month or two months, but I would just actually just time myself and I'd say, okay, by by this date, I know I'll be okay. And in between then, I'm just going to change gears. I'm going to slow down and I'm going to watch some SpongeBob SquarePants. I'm going to really chill out. And that's that's really helped my mental health a lot because like even being stuck to a hospital bed and being nil by mouth uh, certain times, like, you know, yeah, you have to find the happiness within the flares because there you have no option, all right? The flare isn't going away. So you might as well look at the one or two things that you can enjoy, even if you're in, you're in a hospital, in, you know, a hospital gown, in isolation, there are still things you can enjoy. That bed does go up, that bed does go down, you can call a nurse on demand. It's like a free hotel, you know, like, or if you're home alone or not, ho hopefully you have people around you who care and come visit you. If you're having a flare up at home, you know, people come and they visit you. So it's a really great opportunity to, um, to learn something. And I've always learned something within a flare up because it's a great introspective time to understand myself. Sazi, I'd be really interested actually for your point of view, because you spend a lot of time sort of in hospitals or in medical settings, not just because of your own condition, but because of the kind of work that you do. You know, for people that are unfamiliar with conditions like ours that don't really understand what it is like to have those periods of time where you are bed bound or where you, you know, really your life revolves around managing your symptoms and, and not necessarily an awful lot more, what are the best ways to manage that? What do you think people don't understand that the person living with it is actually going through? I mean, when I think about my flares and, and maybe somewhat comparing to long stints in hospital, especially with the patients that I look after, patients that are in hospital for long periods of time, like us, we have the experience. You, you think, when is this going to end? 
and you, you can get your head in this rut of going, you know, why me? This isn't fair. Yeah, when is it going to end? How am I going to get out? How am I going to try and turn my positive, you know, create a positive mind? Um, for me personally, I think music was a big saviour uh, as, as, as a kid being in hospital for weeks and I find my patients love it too. They love music therapy is amazing. We have people come into the hospital and play music for our patients. When people do learn about the fact that you live with an inflammatory bowel disease and, you know, that you go through these sort of symptom flares that come up from time to time, how do people perceive what your mental capacity and your mental state is actually like? What, what ideas do they potentially project onto you or talk to you about in relationship to mental health with your illness? Yeah, I think that's such a beautiful question. I see it like helicoptering. I call it like a helicopter parent. So what tends to happen is our, our loved ones get very concerned about us and they just want to help. Now, the challenge is they've never really been in that situation or had much experience to do to deal with that, right? I don't think many people have dealt with um, a loved one having to, like, look after them to that extent. So most of the times it can be very jarring for them and they you'll, you'll notice a couple of different responses, either like a fight or flight, so they might, like, just avoid you or they might get really anxious or they might be, like, you know, wanting to do everything and then to the point where it becomes a bit like demoralizing sometimes, you know, and they're, they're like researching things for you and just being overburdening. And I really, I really had to take a step back and understand that behavior uh, instead of going like, what are you doing? Like, you know, let me be this. You can't, you coming up to me and asking me, are you okay? Are you okay? Are you okay? Is not helping me at all. So what I realized is it's important to not, to understand the situation and be like, okay, they don't know what I need, right? I know what I need. So, and really checking in with myself and going, okay, what is it that I need in this moment? Okay, I may need to sleep and just going to my loved one like, hey, look, I just need to sleep right now. If you can help me sleep, that would be great. So giving them a task, right? Because they're just trying to solve. They want to fix this thing. But if you tell them what you need, then it would, then it directs them that allows them to help you and takes the pressure off. Even if you're in hospital, you can say to your friends, hey, can you bring me this magazine, this and this. So giving people tasks really helps put you in the forefront and helps you be at the helm of your healing journey. Yeah, that's fantastic. Look, I, I think anyone with a with any kind of chronic condition can probably nod their head listening to, to that. You know, we've all had that experience before where very well-meaning people are you know, they're doing everything they can to try and help the situation. And it is it is terribly distressing when you see somebody that you love and that you care about going through something that's so ongoing and so chronic. And so they're, they're going through their own suffering journey, their own mental health journey. So having a way to redirect that energy into, as you said, tasks, you know, these are the things that you need is really good. But it also gives us the opportunity to get very good at advocating for ourselves, which is something that we are not taught to do. So those kind of things are really great opportunities, certainly from my perspective, to be able to help educate the people around me on what, what it is that I need. 
what it is that is going to actually help me, but also what this condition is actually like and what it requires to live a good quality of life. What has your experience with mental health coinciding with a gut health condition taught you about society's wider understanding or perceptions of the roles of physical health and the roles of mental health in day-to-day living? Yeah, to be honest, I don't think people actually truly understand how your mental health is affected because our physical health is affected in Crohn's and colitis. I can act like I'm fine because I'm pretty good at masking that and I'm sure you both are, but physically I might be in pain or struggling and my mental health suffering for that. I don't know. I just, that's really, I don't think society is, is aware that it's so connected but they probably don't really know that my mental health is suffering because I'm physically unwell because they're not seeing it. Yeah, that makes that's that's spot on. There's a lot of assumptions like just because you look good, you look young, you know, and if you're smiling and you're the life of party, people assume that you're like you're doing good, you know, and it's not the tr- it's not the case. Often it's the opposite. Like people have this I, I find people have this misconception these days, like you're either really good or you're really sick. You're either like should be at work, working eight to nine hours. If you're sick, you're in bed, take a day off. And it's like such a fine line having a, um, a condition, especially in the workplace, because it's a lot of people, I've been in this situation where, number one, I maybe I can't like make it to the office, right? But I'm not that bad that where I can't, do the work at home and I think they just they don't know how to see it from someone with an illness's point of view it's really hard for people who haven't got the haven't had it to understand the impacts and the limitations very well worded Justin very well worded often even in workplaces you'll see that if somebody needs one or two sick days or they have the flu Boss is very accommodating to that because the knowledge they have or the experience they have in their head of sickness is you get a bug, you get sick, you recover from it. And the following week, you've forgotten that you even had the flu. Whereas with a chronic illness, it's an ongoing thing. It's You're never necessarily actually well in the traditional sense that it is. It's a bug that doesn't go away. And so it requires a different mentality and it requires people to understand that you know, on top of already the physical load that we have, we're also then having to consider how is our boss thinking about us? How are our colleagues perceiving us? How is our partner, our friend, our whatever perceiving us? We have an additional mental load, which then makes sometimes the physical load even harder to actually deal with. From your both of your perspectives, what is the value of support for mental health when you do have a disability or illness? Like how important is that to you? And why is it important to you? It'd have to be the most important thing that you have. And mental health is just as much listening as, um, as much as doing. And so when I say that, it's more about like really building that relationship with yourself emotionally and uh, with your thoughts and really gauging yourself and going, okay, what is the most optimal environment for my mental well-being to be in if i'm sick or if i'm like say if i'm feeling down and out you know how do i understand when i get down and out and how do i get myself out of it and so once you start 
like understanding your mental health um, like a manual and you start mapping out all your different emotions, you start mapping out all the different things that affect you, then you can really start mastering your mental health from my point of view. Because, you know, if, if you get dealt, if you have to, for example, go in for an MRI and you're just like freaking out, having your own checklist and guide of how to get yourself out from freaking out to being really appreciative, grateful and being able to, you know, stay in that bloody machine for 40 minutes to an hour, you know, and, and, and hold your breath while feeling super claustrophobic, being able to do that um, and mastering your mind and your mental health is um, something that's a, a powerful tool set. And it's one of the blessings that this disease or this illness condition brings along with it because no one really teaches you how to build that resilience. No one really teaches you how to look after your mental health. So you're kind of forced to look after it and learn how to look after it and master it in a way that um, people don't really do these days. I love the way that you've worded that, Justin, because I think one of the things that we don't talk an awful lot about in terms of support when it comes to mental health is the personal support that you give yourself. And I think that's what you've just defined really, really well there. Yeah, exactly. And I think Sazi, like, she nailed it um, when she said, like, music therapy is something that's important. And I really like to think about the five senses when she said that you got the your sound, you know, what you listen to, you got your taste, what what tastes good, you got touch, what feels good, you got sight, what do you like the sight of, and then you have so what you smell, <laughs> what you smell, you know, and so so those when you really like master that when you understand yourself in those five elements or the five five senses, that can be a great basis to um, to help you in in those situations putting you know, the right music or the right ambience, even if you're in hospital, you could do those things, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Actually, one of the techniques that I have found really beneficial over the years uh, when, I, when I'm really in the thick of that peak of that flare is to do um, sensory perception work and understanding how my brain is communicating with me at that time and really tuning in and saying, Am I seeing visual images in my head? Is it little video clips that are being played to me? Is it sound that is talking to me? Is it words? Is it is it a physical sensation? And when I can actually tune specifically into the way in which the body is communicating with me, it helps to dull the other sounds and the other perceptions down. I can focus in on what my body is actually asking specifically from me. Is there anything that, that you do, Sazi, for yourself, you know, that maybe slightly different to that which Justin and I have discussed you know when you're in those moments to support yourself in that mental space so uh when you did my introduction and touched on uh IVF that's one thing that I'm a pro you know empowering others that do IVF um and I'm doing IVF because of my Crohn's disease and I'm infertile because of my surgeries and having a permanent stoma but I have a lot of triggers around um, IVF and other seeing other people pregnant or having seen pregnancy announcements or anything, anything around that. So I have to really learn to protect, which Justin's spoken about, protect my mental health um, and, and I've had to really dig into what my triggers are and know how to protect myself around those triggers. So 
I think putting things out on social media about what upsets me, that's probably one thing that's been able to help me. Um, limiting what I see on social media helps me as well and that could help others that are unwell with their Crohn's. I don't, it's hard seeing people healthy all the time. It's hard seeing, you know, um, people have successful pregnancies sometimes or successfully get pregnant easily, you know. So I've had to learn how to protect myself like that. So we do learn a very different type of resilience to others um, something that I think is very special and most will never experience in their lives. That's so, it's such a valuable skill. And thank you again for sharing that because I know that that's obviously a very personal part of your journey and one that many people, you know, that are listening will be able to relate to for various different reasons. And when you do have a chronic illness and you're going through all of these side things that come off having a chronic illness over and over again. Because stress can be a trigger, right? It's a lot of like two steps forward, one step back, one step forward, two steps back, you know. Um, And I was just reflecting on this uh, today. When I first started my um, fitness journey, I was able to lift quite a lot. And then um, as the years went by, my hernia got worse and worse and my stoma became um, worse from all the hernia herniations and then now I'm just like lifting baby weights and it's just like it can be very demoralizing and and uh upsetting when you see other people on Instagram looking ripped and great and you're like oh I can barely like get up like what's wrong with me you know and so um it's really it's really like within there finding finding heaven within there is quite challenging now speaking of challenges We are all participating in this year's Live Fearless Challenge, which is an initiative put together by Crohn's and Colitis Australia. They are really great supports, particularly for people that, you know, might be new in their journey about how they can live with their condition. And there's, you know, a nurse helpline and all sorts of other wonderful things. But every September they do this great challenge called the Live Fearless Challenge. And the idea is we've got 150 kilometres that we will do in September, whether that's walking, running, swimming, yoga, dance, whatever it is that helps. What does the Live Fearless Challenge mean to you? The Live Fearless Challenge, to me, I want to prove to people, and I do, I think I do every day, that I can do anything just like any other normal person despite living with a stoma. Um, and I, I want to show people what it is truly like to, you know, be in my shoes every day. It's really like a great opportunity to change the way we talk about Crohn's and colitis. You know, it's, it's always about bums and poos and cramps, and it's a great opportunity for a month to talk about getting out there, moving, looking after your health, um and challenging ourselves, you know and pushing ourselves a little bit more further outside our comfort zone so we feel much better about a condition and not always down in the dumps you know spot on i think it gives us the opportunity to be the people that we needed when we were younger well justin and sazi this brings us to the end of our time together but it has been such a pleasure to have this conversation with both of you i'm very grateful that you shared so much of your own personal stories with all of us. I know everyone listening at home will be feeling the same way. And I'm sure that you'll be helping a lot of listeners feeling 
you know, less alone help broaden people's understanding of what inflammatory bowel disease is. You can also get involved, of course, in the Live Fearless Challenge and you can jump onto cronesandcolitis.org.au to get to any of those resources and to find your way through to the Live Fearless Challenge. Make sure that you take advantage of Justin's free course called How to Tackle Chronic Illness with a Positive Mindset. So make sure that you check him out. That's via Justin, that's J-U-S-T-A-N.com.au. And you can also join Sazi's support group on Facebook, which is called Trust Your Gut, IBD Warriors of SA. And as a reminder, as I sign off today, I just want to encourage each and every one of you to invest in your mental health because it truly is of equal importance to your physical health. And if we can all collectively, wherever you are, let's all take a moment to check in with our mental health right now. Take a nice big inhale and a big exhale. Love that body that you're in. Make sure you check in with it regularly. I look forward to chatting with you next time on Brainwaves, Wednesdays at drive time, which is 5 p.m. Melbourne time on 3CR. Thank you so much. See you next time. If you're wrestling with feelings of anxiety, worry and depression or finding the current social isolation measures hard to deal with, we would like to encourage you to call Wellways Helpline. Wellways Helpline is a volunteer support and referral service that provides information to people experiencing mental health issues or other disabilities, as well as their family, friends and carers. We're here to talk if you are seeking information about mental health or mental health services or just need someone to talk to. As a peer-based service, everyone working at Wellways Helpline has a lived experience of mental health issues or disability. Wellways Helpline is a national service and operates Monday to Friday, 9am to 9pm, excluding public holidays. If you feel it would be helpful to talk to someone about these issues during this difficult period, please call Wellways Helpline on 1300 111500. That's 1300 111500. Wellways supports 3CR. You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.